hear us here in the host of the hour first to follow the fox named neve with books laid before the bear named m to read and retire around the long fire i always feel like i need a rejoinder to that like a, a second verse or something but no it's fine it just feels yeah. weird to go into my very like casual modern spiel when you bring the poetry um <laughs> i feel clownish i will say it's extra funny to me because I just composed it on the lark thinking that we wouldn't use it. Mm. Uh, now it's just the intro. So uh, There's no such thing as placeholders. Uh, you just end up liking the idea and using it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't know how much I liked the idea when I first did it. <laughs> That's fair. Too late now. But now it's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Now I kind of enjoy it, but... Um, we read some more Nyala, Nyal Saga. Yeah. In fact, we read, frankly, a lot of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this is the, the longest reading, mm-hmm. uh, that I gave us from this book. Um, you can maybe understand why. Oh yeah. I, I do understand I, why. <laughs> yeah. Why I was like, let's go a little long here. I want to like finish out this, uh, this section. The idea so. that if somehow we ended in the middle of this, the thing we're about to discuss <laughs> is, and coming back to it, continuing into next week is very funny. Um, um, there's one where, where I'll, I'll double check. Cause it, I don't think it's our next reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's one where we might end kind of in the middle of like a bunch of revenge stuff, but I think it's a little less, uh, like extremely like there is a pattern happening mm-hmm. here. Um, and also the, the other option is we read like 10 more pages, which I just don't know if I want to do. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, today we're reading chapters 19 through uh, 45, right? Yes. Yep. Um, and this starts us off with kind of a, a new beginning. We get introduced to uh, Gunnar of Lidrendi, Um And he's going to be like one of the main focal characters. Uh, and then we also get introduced to uh, Njarl, who um, is sort of the other. I mean, he's the saga is named after him. So obviously he's going to be a main focal character. Um Right now, I think a little bit more focus on Gunnar, but uh, it'll it'll uh, move on from here. Um, I think a thing that's great about this book too is that you get some some great descriptions, like right when important characters are introduced. Um, some of the other sagas don't really describe, or they might bring it up like later on, uh, but this like puts it right at the front, so you can kind of imagine these guys. Um, it's also funny to me how like. Gunnar is just like a, a RPG hero. Um, like he can wield a sword. He can shoot equally well with either hand, uh, deal blows so swiftly that three swords seem to flash through the air at the same time. I can just see the I JRPG battle like, animation here. He's just got like a, a hot bar element, like triple stab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, never misses his mark when he shoots a bow. Uh, and then in full armor, he's able to leap higher than his own height and just as far backwards as forward. So, I mean, he's just a dragoon, I think is the yes. class that he has. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, swims like a seal, uh, no sport in which people can compete against him. Um, he's just the greatest man who's ever lived. Um, you know, handsome, uh, has a ruddy complexion, all of these things. Uh, he's just great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, 
And then we get uh, Nell, who is kind of a twink, but in uh, like Norse society, that's looked down on. He can't grow a beard, uh, notably. You know, in, in many societies, it is looked down upon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he can't grow a beard, uh, you know. Um, most of the stuff that we described is how he's like gentle, noble minded, uh, has second sight, which is a, you know, another he, RPG he can, attribute. Yeah. He can kind of see to the future a little bit. Uh, if you do that, you can see what the enemy's going to do next. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, well-versed in law. So we have a, we have a lawyer, even though we, we lost our previous great lawyer. Uh, we have a new great lawyer. Um, but yeah, not much in, in the way of physical descriptions of him beyond, uh, that he can't grow a beard. And since everything's like about his like, uh, intellect and like cutting and stuff, I just imagine that he's like, you know, he's not like big and beefy and like strong. Like I imagine Gunnar being, mm. um, I just imagine him being like, you know, a little bit like skinnier and, and twiggier. Um, I don't know if this is true. It's just in my head mm-hmm. how I imagine him. So um yeah those those are the first two chapters is just describing them and also their kin um there's a there's a great part where it says uh of you know they had six children three daughters and three sons all of whom play a role in the saga but they don't bother naming them yet which is great they're like we're not going to name them until they matter yes um it's also worth pointing he has a wife um who yeah uh Barthora, who is uh, most excellent and capable, but somewhat harsh. Yes. Which is um, and the where they live is Bergthor's cult, which is um, like named after her mm-hmm. rather than him, uh, which is kind of notable there. Um, and then uh, we then get into some actual plot, and it turns out that uh, you know chapter eighteen that wasn't the end of things. Um, we're going to get more with, with Unner here. Uh, and she wants to get help from, uh, her kinsman Gunnar. So they're, they're related, uh, to try to recover her dowry. Um, and Gunnar doesn't really know how to do this, especially against, uh, Merther, who's like, he was skilled in law and failed. Yes. Um, so like, how am I going to do that? Uh, if he couldn't, um, and she's like, well, you should go to your friend. Yeah, he'll be able to help. Um, and y'all devises a plan. Um, one thing I really noticed with this chapter is that, uh, this like saga is so much more dialogue heavy than ones we've read before. Um, there's just a lot more of people talking. Yes. But Nyal also gives like the explanation of a heist that's going to play over the montage of the heist being done basically. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also in a way where like the end of his like explanation of it uh like leaves out a few things about how they escape and stuff mm-hmm. where you're like oh i wonder what's gonna happen and then you you read through what happens um i was also reading this just being like this seems like uh extremely convoluted <laughs> there's like so many pieces here that i don't know if they're like necessary um I guess like the the idea is to this is what second sight is though he just understands that you have to you have to yeah. align so much to get the future to come into the outcome you, you see right yeah and I think some of it is specifically around like 
going there to deliver the summons in a way where uh, Ruter won't like recognize that that's what's happening in that moment. Yes, and uh, put a stop to it before it can like be legally completed. I'm just saying um, that the second sight drove Paul Atreides mad. It's definitely uh, hitting me all a little easier than that. Uh, so far. So far, yeah, so far. <laughs> um. So anyway, um, yeah, it, to I won't go through all the details, but like the the basic premise of the plan is that uh, Gunnar is going to uh, hide himself as Huckster Hathen, um, and basically seem like this kind of uh, poor to deal with salesman, uh, go around and eventually go to stay at uh, Hooters after like, you know, basically a sort of people are aware that this guy is in town. So, you know, I guess to, to make the, uh, the disguise stronger. Um, and then basically get hurt. They're talking about everything that happened, uh, have it come upon the case and then say, you know, Oh, is there some way that that can be taken up again? But at this point, like he doesn't, he doesn't think that it's anybody else other than this fool, uh, get him to repeat or to recite the summons to say it like extremely wrong make him even more drop his guard and laugh and then, you know, do it again and then be like, Oh yeah, you got it right that time, you know? Uh, and not really realize what's happening. Um, yeah, this is, this is one of those Skyrim quests that sounds good on paper until you realize just six speech checks in a row. And you're like, that's not fun. No one actually wants to do this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's great on paper, Yeah, but executing it is just kind of annoying. Um, and there's one, there's one little thing that, uh, maybe Neato foresaw this, but, um, you know, accounted for it. Uh, but, uh, Hrutter's brother, Holskolder, uh, he has this dream of a bear, uh, with two dogs and, you know, concludes from this dream, uh, you know, it's coming in and being unfriendly and everything. And then it, uh, makes straight for, for, uh, Hrutstather, like Hrut's house, um, and uh he wakes up and he's like i know what this is what i saw was uh Vilja, which is um it's basically like it, it's kind of the old norse like uh i mean on one end it's like this like spirit animal type of thing mm-hmm. uh it's also kind of just like a furry thing <laughs> to okay. me <laughs> um where the, some people will just really uh care about this uh other people don't but we learn here that i guess that that uh gooners is a bear so um i feel like you get a lot of bears in sagas not a lot of foxes but we'll read the fox one someday yeah um and so he deduces that it must be gooner um he goes but at that point by the time he like uh arrives at uh Herter's house gooners aware or has uh, left, uh, snuck out in the night, and they search for him and can't find him and everything. Uh, but they're like, I think I know what this is. Also, I suspect that Yao put him up to this. He He's the only one who could think of a plan like this. Um, so uh, then at the all thing, uh, Gunnar goes uh, to prosecute the case. Um Hürter claims that it's invalid because he didn't properly present the statements made before the witnesses. Um, and at this point, like I imagine like Nyal's like running up, you know, he hasn't been there yet, but he's like running into the, the law mound, the, you know, open air courtroom basically. Um, 
and says that there is a way to save this case. Uh, but at this point, Gunnar's like, I've chosen the way that I want to resolve this is the same way that Herter resolved it previously. I'm going to challenge him to a duel. Uh, Herter's like, well, I've never said no to a duel before. Uh, like, I'm not going to say no now. Uh, and Hoskolder's like, no, you should you should say no now. He's going to kill you. <laughs> um did you read that description about how he was a JRPG like hero? Uh, he's going to kill you. Um, he specifically says like you intimidated an old ass man. It will be like yeah. that on you. If you even attempt this, mm-hmm. there's always yeah. a bigger fish. Um, Gunnar has like an entire menu of like skills with like an <laughs> SP bar. Uh, Herger just has the one combo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he eventually uh, backs off, but they, they exchange harsh words. Uh, there's some insulting and like, uh, you know, at least trying to curse each other in their each other's futures. Um, and now with the dowry restored, uh, Una is a, a viable um, wife again and uh, immediately marries this man named Valgarther, who just is a big piece of shit. Everyone hates him. Um, and they have a son, uh, who's named Morther after, uh, Murther Fettel, um, who it's noted will be important throughout the saga. He's going to continue to be important. Uh, but we don't get much from him. Also, he treats everyone like shit. That, it, it notes, yeah. he grows up and he sucks. Please note this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this whole line sucks, basically. Um, also, we get some Nyadal arranging marriages for uh, two of his sons, uh, Scarpathan and um, Dreamer are the, the two. Um, then uh, we learn a little bit about uh, Ausgrimer and his kin. This is like a, another family that's going to come in and become somewhat involved in what happens. Um, I feel like we don't get too much from them right away, but... Uh, I mean, we, we get all this stuff tied around Sigfus. Um, this is going to be, like, important going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also noted, uh, there's this whole, like, side story that uh, Ausgrimir uh, killed his foster brother, uh, Geiker. Uh, and we just don't even get the story. <laughs> it's just... I feel like a lot of other sagas would, like, give us the whole story of how he killed him. Uh, not yet. Not here. Um, and then, uh, Njadl wants to marry Helgi, um, to Ausgrimir's daughter, Thorhatla. So this is the, the main part where this becomes important so far. Um, then, um, yeah, I think we get the, the wedding there. Um, and also noted that Njadl, uh, fosters Thorhatla's brother, Thorhatler. Uh, the whole family, it's, it's two boys named... Thor Hotler and then a girl named Thor Hotla. Yeah, I hate <laughs> um, it. But yeah, but he fosters one of them. I'm just assuming because he's fostering that it's the younger one, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't specify. Um, and t- it's noted teaches him law and he becomes uh, the greatest lawyer in Iceland. Um, so I, I honestly don't remember how much of this comes back, but um, I know some of it does. Um, we then get this uh, sort of segment in here where uh Gunnar travels abroad um 
we get some great uh, adventures here. Um, so he sails with his brother, Kolskeger, and then a, a Norwegian man named Hadalvarther. Um, and during this time, Njadal takes over a, uh, Gunnar's estate, like administration of the estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we get them, they land at Tunsberg. Um, at this point, uh, Hurter's MILF girlfriend and her son are dead. Uh, and now Hauken rules. Um, and Hauken, it's noted, is a kinsman of Harold, uh, or Harald or Fairhair, um, who, if you don't remember, is the, the king that everybody sort of fled to Iceland from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get like where he'll eventually decide to stay with him, but I, I assume that part of what's happening here, uh, where he's like, I don't want to go to see him, is just like, there's probably some simmering tensions there in general, um, just because of that. Um, but instead they go to Huddlevarthur, uh, Huddlevarthur's kinsman, Olvir's, uh, and stay there for a while. Um, and then they leave, uh, with a gift of ships from Olvir. Um, but it's noted that there are these two brothers, uh, Vondel and Carl, who, uh, stand in the way. So we get, uh, a great chapter that describes, like, their battles. Um, I don't know if there's anything in particular here that, like, really stood out to you. Um, but yeah, they, they fight both, uh, Vandal and Carl, and then also, um, they travel beyond Estonia to the Gulf of Riga, um, is essentially like, would be the modern names of the places that they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, uh, they meet a man named Tofi who warns them about two brothers named Hadalgrimir and Kolskegir, um, who attack them. And they stand their ground, and in the process, uh, Gunnar wins. Um, and it's usually translated as halberd, but it, uh, it's a specific weapon called an atgir. Um, and this is going to be like his signature weapon throughout the rest of the saga. Um, let me see if I can find like a, a good. Uh, it specifically image is of this. like this thing is enchanted, where it's the guy who's wielding it's like I can only be hurt by this thing, so he's like, okay, I'm just gonna grab it and stab you with it, which I feel like is like a terrible enchantment. If you're gonna enchant your yeah. weapon, pick something a little more magical. Then I can only be harmed by being stabbed by my own very uh, stealable weapon. Um. Yeah, it was probably closer to like a spear, but with a little bit of like an axe cutting edge. Mm. Um. Like a little bit different than like a, a halberd, where I imagine like the actual full axe on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like a. Uh, I met most images of it is it is far more spear like, but that the the point has like it's fairly long and has like blades on it. Okay. Uh, on the sides, so. Um, yeah, there, there's like a couple different versions, so it's unclear exactly which one he has, but uh, that's the specific weapon he has. Um, And yeah, very, very, uh, you know, if you have a weapon that, uh, is the only weapon that can kill you, you just know that's going to be your death. <laughs> yeah, you got to throw that in the Mount Doom. Like there's volcanoes yeah. in Iceland. Just throw it in. Mm. Um, and then, uh, they get a bunch of treasure after they kill, uh, the, the second two pair of or the second pair of brothers, uh, Huddle Grimier and Kolskegir. Um, and then Tofi takes them to a bunch of hidden treasure. They're like, you know, basically, how can we thank you? Uh, and he says, take me back to Denmark. So um, they sail from the Gulf of Riga uh, over to, to Denmark. 
um, spend some time with the Danish king there. Uh, this is Harald Eric Gormson. Um, and while he's there, it's just like the, the king is having him like play sports with everyone. So he just wins. Uh, it's just like everybody take your shot at trying to beat him. Um, and then he travels to Norway this time. He's like, well, since I've proven myself, I will go before the king, um, and hangs out. They actually get on well. Um, and he takes interest in, uh, a kinsman. Uh, it's funny. They keep calling him like Earl Hauken, even though he's a king at this point. Uh, that name just like really stuck, like that title really stuck. Um, but, um, yeah, stay, stays with him and then takes interest in his kinsman, uh, Bergliot. Um, and it's noted that, uh, you know, the Earl would have given her to Gunnar in marriage, uh, if Gunnar expressed any wish to wed her. Uh, but he doesn't. He says no. he wants to go back to Iceland. That's how this stuff always ends. Um, everyone's like, you'll probably die there. And people are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm in a saga. That's how this works. Um, so he sails back to Iceland. Uh, I, I like this part where they note that uh, despite being abroad for a while, he is not overbearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, you know, seeing his his family directly. He then goes to see Njal. Um I also loved this line of, I want to be on good terms with everybody, which, like, me too, buddy. <laughs> uh, bad news about the rest of the saga, but me too. Um, and then uh, wants to go to the all thing. Um, Njal says he doesn't want him to, uh, but he does anyway with his brother. And there he meets Harald Gerther. Um, wants to marry her, we sort of get this repetition. Um, if people don't remember, she's the one with the, the murder dad. Yeah, literally uh, everyone goes, no! Do yeah, not! <laughs> <laughs> um, and the is like, let me tell you about all of her faults. I want to be honest about this, as the way he was before, like, with with uh, Gloomir. Like, we gotta be honest, we gotta be upfront about this. But it also seems like there's a certain element of, like, Gunnar isn't really trusting him in this because of their like previous legal stuff with, with Uner. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think he's like heeding that warning even less from Truther. Um, and they get married. Um, they even bring her in and reiterate all of it. And she's like, yeah. yes, all of this is true. And he's like, yep. let's fucking go. She's like, yeah, let's fucking uh, go. What could there go is wrong? a part that, there is a part that uh, is noted later on. Um, I forget exactly what chapter it is because I I stopped taking notes once we got to the the revenge cycle. Mm -hmm. um, but there's one where it's like noted that um, what was it? Fjolstover was her her murder foster dad. Mm -hmm. um, that he's dead. Yes. Uh, I don't know when that happened, but um, seemingly that would improve your odds. It does not help. I mean. Uh, Gunnar is not the one being murdered by, by her kinsman directly, but, <laughs> uh, other bad things will happen. Um, uh, the other thing that's important here is that, um, Gunnar and y'all both swear that, uh, despite everyone think this wedding's a terrible idea, he's like, don't worry, it will never destroy our friendship. And they yeah. fist bump. <laughs> we will always be best of buds. Mm -hmm. Always and forever. Um, I sure hope this doesn't get tested. Uh, <laughs> um, so the the wedding happens. Um, there, I think there's like two kind of interesting or or like notable things that are happening during this wedding scene. Um, 
the first I think is the one that's like most obvious to to anyone reading this, which is the um what is it Thrawn who uh divorces his wife. Uh his wife like accuses her or accuses him of ogling um the uh whose daughter is it again? Uh, uh Gloomir's daughter. Yeah, daughter. Yeah. yeah. Uh so Thorgerther, the daughter of Hadalgerther with her her second husband. Uh, accuses her him of uh, ogling her. Um, she's fourteen, I think it's noted, which at this time was like, you know, entering into adulthood more, mm-hmm. um, but still pretty young. Um, and he divorces her over making these like uh, quips and spiteful innuendos, um, like implying that he would be doing such a thing, uh, and then immediately proposes <laughs> to Thorgather after being divorced. Um, and it's agreed, uh, you know, very bizarre, like, uh, intrusion into this wedding that, to have that happen. Um, the other weird thing here, which, uh, I think is a little bit harder to pick up if you're like less familiar with some of the, the customs here is, uh, the seating arrangement is bizarre where, um, Gunnar is flanked on one side by, uh, the sons of Sigfus, like, uh, basically like his mother's side of the family mm. is flanking him on one side. Um, and then on the other side is like, uh, Njadl and like all of them. Uh, and so it's just like these two sides that are going to like, end up getting like tearing his friendship with Njadl apart essentially, uh, or at least trying to, um, sort of flanking him in this moment. Um, which is, a that's not normally how you would arrange things. Uh, it would probably be like, you know, his father's side of the family and her, father's side of the family um so um we then get this this uh segment where after the wedding uh there is a falling out between hadalgerther and berkthora uh who could so, have foreseen yeah <laughs> gunnar and and Njal's, uh wives um and it, it's basically about like uh who gets the the place of honor on the crossbench um and uh, in doing this, there's like the, you know, you have misshapen nails on every finger and y'all is beardless. Uh, just making these like the, the beardless thing is a thing that would border on like accusing somebody of ergy or like questioning their their manliness mm-hmm. uh, as part of what's happening in all of this. Um, so, yeah, lots of uh, arguing between themselves. And then we just get the the escalating cycle of revenge. <laughs> so uh, this inciting incident is basically like a reality show flare up. It's like, yes, it's like these two, <laughs> these two strong women are like, we, we've got good husbands and good families. And they, they both think they're the hottest shit and they meet each other. And immediately it's just like Jerry Springer cat fight, but in Iceland. Um, but instead of it just being that immediately spirals into like a mob war, <laughs> yes this just turns into the godfather immediately it's just a disaster it's yeah. like sopranos uh season minus 300 at this point right like <laughs> miserable would you like to describe yeah. what happens <laughs> yeah so um i'll try and i didn't take notes here no, so no, i'll no. just look and see if there's any like uh speci- thankfully we have the chapter headings which which helps a fair amount um but i'll also see if there's like any I'll kind of flip and see if there's anything that I think are funny as I'm going through, like any quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, so Hologather is like upset about this, um, and uh, oh, the the one thing is that uh, it's harder for me to. I think it's Otley. Is that the the guy who she sends out yes. to to murder? Uh, so they have like this sh- this shared. There's like this woodland that sits between um, Null and Gunnar's land, uh, and it's just kind of like joint ownership. Whoever can cut from it wants. You know, you can cut from it. We we don't like uh, care about who owns that land. Um, that's kind of just shared between us. Um, and uh, all of these are every instance that we're going to talk about happens when y'all and Gunnar uh, are away at the all thing. Um, at a certain point, I would just stop writing there. But I guess sometimes you don't have a choice. Um, but uh, so the uh, Sartor, who's like a, a servant of, um, you know, Bergthor. Uh, Brickthora, um, he's out chopping wood. Um, Hadalgarther is like, she's trying to steal my wood, uh, you know, after she was so mean to me, um, and sends out, uh, her servant named Otley. Um, and Otley goes and, and kills, uh, or no, Cole. I think it's actually Cole. Is Cole the one who, uh... Um, so, uh... Yes, Hadalgarther's, uh, overseer named Cole. Yeah. But first, um, uh, Z- Zvart's killed first, and then, yeah, Otley's sent to kill Cole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Brynjolvir is sent to uh, kill Otley yes. for, the, for the death of Cole. Um, and then... And Thorther is sent to uh, kill Brynjolvir. Yes. Um, and then... Uh, Sigmund. Thorther kills... Uh, Brynjolvir, I think. Um, yeah, and yeah. then Sigmundir kills Thorther. Yes. Um, and then, uh, and then Thorther, I think, is slain by, uh, some of the sons. Yes. Yeah. Mostly because he talks shit. We'll have to get, talk about that. But basically yes. what happens is, um, an escalating, <laughs> we sent one higher rank of guy to kill the guy who murdered our guy. Um, well, yeah. as you just so it's watch like, these families decimate each other's ranks. <laughs> yeah. Like Hadalgarther, uh, sends someone to kill like a servant. Yeah. And then, uh, in every instance, uh, the news reaches Njal and Gunnar, um, at the all thing and they, uh, give self judgment to the other person, which means that the other person gets to decide like, um, this is what you need to pay. Yeah. Uh, for, for like you know, to, to make this even. Um, and every time they also select what was like basically the legal standard for yes. this rank of person. So for the servant, I think it's, uh, 12, yeah. uh, wear guild, uh, wear guild being like the, the paying for a, a dead man basically. Uh, and so you get like two servants who are killed on each side. That's 12. It's specifically uh, the, then... fir- the first time he gives him the bag of 12 or whatever. And he like hangs it up by the door and then just picks the bag up off the door. Like with his car keys, taking his car keys to go pay him the same <laughs> bag of silver back or whatever. Yeah. He, he goes to the all like, uh, now goes to the all thing. Cause he has second sight. He's like, I just need to hold on to this money. I'm going to be paying it back. I know it. <laughs> Um, again, he's so chill of it. Yes. Uh, so, um, uh, extremely bros before hoes in, uh, yes. ancient Iceland here with these two. <laughs> uh, and it, and it is like implied that like, there's a slight, like 
increase of uh, their station within the home. But like legally, the first two are, are servants. Yes. Um, where it would be this 12. Then uh, the next one I think is like technically a servant, but um, part of the, the like repayment that he wants for going to do this deed, which he knows like could endanger his life, is that if he dies, he gets paid a free man. Like yes. he becomes free in that moment um, and will get paid the free man. Uh, amount that happens so then it's 100 where guild uh we then get another free man who's like uh you know it's funny too um the the second one i think uh let me see if i can find his name um because at this point you already see what's happening with the cycle and so it's like oh now they paid the the amount for like a free man uh-huh. uh, i wonder who's gonna die next uh and then it's somebody whose last name uh so yeah it's uh thorther friedmanson yes <laughs> it's just like Thorther, I'm going to die now. So <laughs> Yeah. Um and so they get uh both of them it's paid one hundred. Um and then the the final two are like actually of uh station and rank and it's two hundred each. Um although for Sigmundir, since he said like the the um you know, libelous things basically. Uh, he, he calls, uh, Nyal beardless and then his sons, uh, dung bearded or like sh- he, shit bearded. He specifically is like writing limericks about it Ooh. and people, the wrong people hear it and are incensed. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, uh, Gunnar is actually like, I don't think that that man deserves repayment because he insulted your family. Nyal. Uh, but then y'all like insist and pays the 200. Yeah. Don't want any, um, don't want your family to get really mad and have caused come murder my family. Yeah. Um, and despite all of this, them repaying each other, uh, doing everything by the law, uh, they are still like on good terms, I, but their family is just progressively hating each other. The idea that they're like fucking having a barbecue drinking beers as they passes money back and forth uh as their families are just hatfields and mccoying in, in the streets um <laughs> yeah outrageous it's outrageous it, like that they're that they're so passive about it they neither of them go why don't we divorce our fucking wives clearly like they're devoted yeah. to their wives even though both their wives are just fucking evil and petty um and more interested in doing murder than uh preserving any sort of peace for no reason, yeah. no reason at this point other than, oh, they got me. I'm going to get them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it is a while. It's an amusing segment, like as it progresses, because you, you know, after the like first iteration, you just kind of know where this is going, especially if you know the the like levels of payment too. Mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going to get uh, six killings here with like, you know, the six repayments. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's just like there's a there's a certain dark comedy to it. Yes. Um I think also this is you know, I talked like my understanding and I'll see as we're reading if there's like more to pull out, but my personal understanding of this from having read Nyal Saga a few times before is like the two main themes I would say is like uh the legal system, like the law, uh and its failings, and then also cycles of revenge. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is like a probably a preoccupation on the saga writer's part because this is being written um at the end of the Strelunga age where two families had been consolidating uh Gotharth. They'd been like consolidating the the power of being chieftain, yeah. of being Gothi. Um and were just fighting with each other constantly. Um and eventually uh people agreed to submit to um 
it was Norway then, and then Norway eventually gave Iceland to Denmark. Uh, and so then when they were doing the like independence push later on, it was from Denmark. Um, but they submitted to the King of Norway, uh, in the end to like try and bring in some sort of executive force that could like stop all of this feuding. This, this is um, literally like mob shit. <laughs> Gotta go to the cops. Yes. The mob families are fighting too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is essentially what happened. And that's how they like Iceland lost this independence that they had for, you know, hundreds of years, um, doing this like kind of weird experimental sort of, uh, like representative democracy, sort of, uh, like a weird anarchy system, Mm -hmm. um, because of the way that outlaw stuff works. There's like a way in which you can opt in and out of society. Um, and that all comes to an end because of this like feuding, uh, and the failure of the law to, to stop that, like revenge cycle and that feuding um and so i think you're like almost getting a a farcical representation of that here yeah uh but in this case it's like uh gunnar and y'all are still like abiding by the law and are happy with that and still like each other yes like uh the law is like working fine here uh it's not stopping both of their families from still being pissed off well yeah the law (laughs) provides for like if people want to end conflict, it gives a framework to do that. But if you've just got some motherfuckers who want to be petty and cause harm, um, they're just going to keep doing it, <laughs> uh-huh. which is like the law can't solve for bad actors. Right. Yeah. Um, and also like the, the law is also solving for, uh, Gunnar and Yal here, like as the the like men who hold the like direct power legally in the society, uh, they can feel happy with the, like the way that the law is resolving things. Mm. Um, their family is not necessarily like in on it in the same way that they are. Um, so even though they might still be like legally getting it, like although Hallgather and Bergthor, I think, are just like being evil and shitty this whole time. Um, also, like, whatever issue they have is not being resolved by this in the way that this exchange of money is able to resolve things for Gunnar and Njal. Um There's, like, nothing actually being done to resolve the tensions that uh, are causing the violence. Um, it's only, like, providing these repayments. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will continue to see the, the saga, I think, explore these ideas. Uh, but this is... Like, this is the first big, concise, kind of comical version of it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's for, for the reading. Um, yeah. Again, we read a lot, but, like, once you hit that seg- that segment, uh, synopsizing it becomes pretty quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, a lot. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's any... Sometimes I try to note, uh, like, a good line or, um, like, section just to pull out. But I feel like I I did my favorite one, which was just the... uh, Right before all of this stuff happens, uh, Gunnar just being like, (laughs) I want to be on good terms with everybody. (laughs) Um, It's just a a humorous line to me. It's it's weird, because, like, on some level, there's a certain, like well-meaning but oafish husbands too busy like being good old boys to like recognize the harm being done in their name right like yeah they might be happy to like oh we accept the word guild we're just gonna remain friends but like 
the families are losing people, right? Like you, yeah. you, you can only be placated by the money so much when like your family's dis- dissolving around you and everyone yeah. who's left is like super pissed off and you're busy, like hanging out in the yard. Um, yeah. And you also see the escalation from like, uh, just this insult, uh, you know, argument blow up that happens between the two wives. And then like, Sure, if this stays between just, like, servants killing each other, um, it would still suck, but I don't think it would be affecting the family in the same way. Uh, whereas now, like, uh, I think it's Thorther Friedmanson who's, like, also noted to be, like, beloved of the family. It's like the, you know, uh, he's, like, the son of uh, some guy who they freed. Um, and just, like, everybody loves him, you know? He just comes by, he's like, uh, you know, family friend, like, probably entertained the kids when they were young or whatever. Um, uh, and then it, you know, continues to escalate into, like, uh, actual direct kinsmen being killed. So, yes. Um, but, I mean, they're still the best of friends. Uh, yeah, at some, <laughs> you need to do something. The, the passivity is a problem, right? Like... Yeah. When your wives are Machiavellian supervillains, you have to step in. Otherwise, you're you're condoning the violence, even if, like, legally it's all above board. Um, Niall's got second sight and knows the law. He's a brilliant lawyer. Fucking get off your ass. Like, Gunnar's a yeah. dumbass. Of course he's like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> at no point do either of them express anything other than, like, like amused displeasure at their wives for ruining everything. Yeah. There's like, maybe like a, a slight amount of like, Oh, you should really uh, get your wife in check. And then like, mm, I mean, look who's talking. Like, yeah. You know, but like, like, when they, them, when like confront their wives, slightly their wives, ribbing their each wives other. are pissed. It's like, we're, yeah. we're, we're, do, we're, we are trying to do a war as much as we are allowed to do wars. And you weren't, you weren't supporting us. You're just like, you know, shaking hands of the enemy at every turn. Uh, you're making a joke of the deaths by passing the wear guild between the two of you. Like it's a fucking hot potato. Um, knock it off. And they just refuse. Like there's just, yeah. Uh, like I think that what both of like the wives are doing is unhinged. It is full evil villain shit. Um, but also their husbands are idiots. Yeah. Fools and idiots for, for like standing by and allowing it to happen. Not just in, in like a, you got to control your wife way, but in a like, broad you could do anything here and it would be better than what you're doing right now (laughs) (laughs) try to do like actual resolution and not just well we did it by the books like (laughs) we passed the money the proper amount of money for this kind of death um yeah um yeah sometimes (laughs) sometimes bad things happen to people who probably deserve it (laughs) yep um anyway Excited to see how this breaks bad further. Yes. Because <laughs> clearly it's not over. No. <laughs> Nothing is actually resolved. Um, I'm trying to remember what uh, what all we have next. I know we, we started with uh, Geezer the White, who um, he was the one of the ones who's converted to Christianity in um, like one of the first ones in Lux Dyla Saga. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what all happens there. There's like a, a middle of this book that I remember the least. Um, I extremely remember how like certain characters die. Uh, some of that stuff is really good, but um, 
yeah, the, the, the like middle part of this where they're just kind of fighting with each other is, uh, or, you know, this continues to escalate. I'm, I'm kind of trying to remember what happens and I'm excited to find out. Um, Oh, I just I just saw one segment that uh, ties into how a character dies, so I'm excited for that. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, I don't know if I have that much else for this this segment. No, um, not to have a really short discussion, but no. Instead, let's talk about the uh, speaking of unhinged minds, the gall to compare Nana and Char's counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm correct. No, you're not. You're out of your mind. I'm correct. I think I think what you say is like thoughtfully considered, but comes from a place of fanaticism. <laughs> um, I was I was expecting more people to yell at me for this because it was extremely just a thought I had. Yeah, like I no, was no. literally drifting off to sleep. Yes. Um, I I thought about when I had the thought. I, I thought about um, tweeting, like, you know, Jolt's awake in bed. Uh, Char is a Takumi. Uh, and I was too sleepy to, like, reach for my phone and do that. Uh, that's the level that my brain was at. Uh, but then I did decide to say it on a podcast because I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> um, I do think I'm kind of correct, though. It was my, my mostly asleep it brain. It a new type flash you had about Char's counterattack. I feel like yeah. that's writing a big check that I don't think you cashed. <laughs> I will say I I've got my new type machine here if you would like a proper new type flash. Okay. All right, let me hold it away from the mic cuz it's really loud. That's you. <laughs> um It's just on my desk. I can do this anytime. Yeah. I can always do a new type flash. <laughs> I don't remember what the name of that that like instrument is. Oh, it's not God. Um yeah, I um, I thought it was funny, your reaction. Um, obviously, you were a little bit taking the piss. You're also, I mean, the thing is, like, it comes out of mostly, like, I agree with a lot of your points. Like, we talked about it at length. Um, yeah. Your love of double Zeta is, like, to me, a bit outsized. I've just had a lot of time to, like, sit and mull over everything else that comes after it, right? Yeah. I mean, I I love double Zeta, also, having only seen like ten or twelve episodes of Turn A, I still think Turn A is a better show. Yes, um, <laughs> um, but I feel like also the amount of like hate that Double Zeta gets, and it's not quite as much in like the the abnormal mapping. Sort no, no, no. Of, Very few people uh, hate you know. Double Zeta. Or, yeah, the thing the thing about Double Zeta is um, with a lot of the guns that we ended up really liking is um, they weren't available in English for a long time. Um, and I'm talking about subs, not even dubs. There's no dubs of Double Zeta, right? There's that Southeast Asian yeah. dub that's a nightmare. Um, and when they did arrive, they were often in really, really bad fan subs or SEA subs, uh, which, if you don't know, are English subs for the Southeast Asian like territories. But by that, they're like in English enough that someone could kind of follow the show because it's like a bunch of nations that all kind of can read English, but they're not like good or considered or localized in any reasonable way um yeah infamously bad um and often have many of the same problems of fan subs where there's like random swears and uh slurs thrown in to punch it up a little you know um yeah but um 
So when people did finally get to see Double Zeta, it was this one wasn't available and the the thing they're getting is low quality and they've already built the canon of what counts and is good in Gundam in their head. So introducing a new thing that like reshapes it is like it's a hard thing to steer a ship of like inertia in a fandom, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think even like if you were just watching through these as they came out. Like, I don't entirely know what reception was like in Japan for Double Zeta. Yeah. But it, I think it's the well first, considered. Like, like, I think there's. Yeah. I It's not Zeta. Zeta is like, has a gravity that is immeasurable. It changed the landscape of anime, I think, in many ways for the worse. But like, Zeta's a, a destroys. The, it basically erases Mecha outside of Gundam. That's how big yeah. it is. <laughs> um. Yeah, because those first, like, 15 episodes, I can see how there's such a, like, a, a not even just a tonal shift, but, mm-hmm. like, a genre shift happening. Yeah. Um, that can be really jarring. But also, I watched, like, the first episode that's just the, like, weird clip show that then includes clips to the first episode that yes. you're going to watch next yeah, yeah. week. Uh, and it has, like... Yeah, and has the like the quiz about the suits and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I'm having a blast. Yeah, that's this great. Is... That's good. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I mean, if you um, I don't know if you've caught up on G like I mostly enjoyed Double Zeta quite a bit. I think Shangri La goes on a little too long. Um I've never I never liked Mashimer that much. Jackson's a much more of a Mashimer guy than I am. Um I, Kiara uh, uh, ride or die for Kiara. Yeah. <laughs> Kiara's so good. Um, um, I mean, I guess spoilers for Double Zeta, but like the fact that she goes out by like, uh, you know, opening up her shirt so that she can like get more boobs out to get stronger and then just like explodes with new type power is great. Yes. <laughs> what a way to go out. Um, uh, it's all right. Have you, um, have you seen, um, Gunbuster? Uh, I have not. Okay. You should watch Gunbuster. Yeah, I don't think you're going to like be ahead of reels about it, but it's important. It's good. Yeah, it's one that I've been meaning to watch. Um, it's very short, so wouldn't be a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's one of those that I, I uh, especially some of those shorter ones. I'm like, oh, I should definitely just watch this as subs, like even if there's a dub. Mm-hmm. Um, but any time that I'm saying like I need to watch this as subs. It's like automatically pushing it further back in a queue because it has to compete with me doing ghost divers homework. So <laughs> the, um, I was going to say the, um, Gunbuster is just getting a dub that is coming out with the Blu-ray release in a couple of months. Okay. So it'll probably be well-made because it's made now and not, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Um, Oh, the biggest dub that, like, I know there are other bad dubs, but the one that, like, gets to me the most is the Cromartie High School one, um, which is for two primary reasons. The The first is that, like, it's a show about delinquents, and so they uh, feel this need to make them swear a bunch and everything, which is just not, like, that's not what the humor of Cromartie High School is. It's, it's not about, like... Um, these people are like being actually like actually swearing and being like rough and mean all the time. Um, it's kind of like a, the, the entire fact that they are, uh, you know, delinquents is almost like forgotten pretty quickly by the show. (laughs) Uh, beyond just like immediate trappings. Um, and so it just sucks to have like 
really funny jokes, but that are just interspersed with like slurs because, mm. you know, they're supposed to be delinquents. Um, but the, the real reason why, and I, you know, I've listened to some of the, the, um, English job, like Jay Hickman does a, a great job with this, uh, an admirable job, but Mekazawa in Japan is voiced by Wakamoto Norio. Oh, uh, yeah. it's just in- fucking incredible. Like you can't, you can't listen to him as anything else other than Wakamoto Norio. Um, because he's so effortlessly able to glide between this like very sonorous, uh, you know, kind of serious, um, but like very, uh, you know, stayed voice to then suddenly the moments of anger where it just like goes full, like uh, guttural, like rolling the R super hard, like uh, intense Yakuza voice. And the way it will just like midline switch is incredible. Um, that's part of why Mekazawa is one of my favorite characters. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the dub that gets me the most. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fair enough. I, um, I've checked out Gundam dubbed, but have just spent zero time actually committing to any of that. Um, mostly because I have to do my job. Yeah. Um, if I was not, if I was doing all the Gundam stuff for, uh, Ghost Divers, I would not be watching any dubs, but... Has there um, been any show where I said fuck it and just started watching the dub? I don't think there. Um, Planet says I kind of went back. I I think I, the back half of Planet says I mostly watched the dub because I really did not like Planet Um And I was just trying to get through it. Um, Wing, yeah. I wish I was watching the dub, but it, I, the dub was too bad. Um, <laughs> couldn't do it. Uh, the only show that I watched uh, almost entirely like. Often I will watch a show um, subbed, but I might check out the dub if there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can easily access it, mm-hmm. uh, I will say. Um, if I'm on a streaming service that has the dub, I'm not going to like seek out a dub online or something. Yeah. Um, but the only show that I intentionally watched uh, dubbed was Bacano. Um Yeah, I watched Bacano dubbed. Um, I watched yeah. I watched the first episode both ways, and I was like, I I like the dub more. I think it has way more. Yeah, character. same. <laughs> Same. Um, um, the dub for uh, Jacuzzi Splot, the dub voice yes, is so good. Yes. Um, and then um, I'm a dub for Dragon Ball. I've just, inertia has carried me this far. I can't mm. stop now. Yeah. That was me with uh, Standalone Complex at first because I watched it originally on Adult Swim. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> but then when we did, um, it was when we did Ghost Divers that I watched through it subbed. Because uh-huh. I was like, well, I should I should try and do it subbed um, for this, and now I really enjoy the the Japanese voices too. But there's uh, there's episodes of Ghost in the Shell of Stanley Collins. I think I watched dubbed, and they were fine. They're, it's very of its era, and not, not in a bad way. Um, yeah, I have a certain affection for that because it is the the sound of anime that was on while I was in college, ignoring the TV, basically talking to friends and doing something else. Yeah. Um. Oh, I just started watching the dub of uh, The Melancholy of Haru, uh, Haruhi Suzumiya. That one, um, I, I, today. I find it unfathomable you're watching that dubbed. Yeah, it's... Uh, th- this is the thing, too, is that um, sometimes there's like a... I, I will definitely... Like, I think a lot of newer dubs are better. Yes. Uh, but one thing that grates on me with newer dubs is... 
they will do the like really high pitched voice for a lot of girl characters that like yes. happens in Japanese, yes. but just sounds so much more natural in Japanese than yes. it does in English. Um, and so, and like that happens with the Haruhi dub and it just, it like hits, hits me wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it, no, that makes sense to me. Um, I'm, I'm also like fully aware that maybe in uh, Japan, this is also like equally ridiculous how high pitched the girl voices are often. Um, I just primarily interface through uh, to like Japanese language through anime and then old films. So. It's definitely it's weird because like I I I can't puzzle it out because like it, it clearly is an affectation, right? It is girl. Yeah. It is women doing an anime voice. Like you see it with VTubers, mm-hmm. where like they start the anime voice, you can't keep that up eight hours a day, so they drop the anime voice and sound like normal Japanese women. Um. Um, but then you see, like, in Final Fantasy thirteen, the English version, um, the voice actress for Vanille was made to do a fucking anime voice the entire time. And it sounds ludicrous. Like, everyone makes fun of it. The actress hates it. Because, um, yeah. but I don't know in what to what degree that's meant to be, like, everyone knows it's not real or if it's meant to, like, appeal to this idealized thing. I just don't know. It's really murky, right? Um, yeah. Culture's hard. Um. Oh, this is this is something that happened with uh the original Persona Four and then Persona uh, Persona Four Golden is that yes. they recast a number of characters. Yes, I played. Through, um, I've, I've watched uh, Four when Giant Bomb did it, and then played Golden when I played it. Yeah, and uh, Chie's voice actress in the the original I think is really good. Mm. Um, but is talking in just like a normal girl voice. Yes. Uh, and then the the new voice actress is doing the like very Genki high pitched, you know, uh, doing the anime voice thing. Mm. Um, and it like loses so much of the like actual heart of the character to me. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the, despite like all the prologue stuff, which I think is like a- objectively worse. It's actually my least favorite part of, of golden is that they changed Chie's voice. <laughs> That's fair. Um, um, this is part of the reason I, uh, I stand Kiara and double Zeta. She has such a distinctive voice in anime like she yeah. she doesn't have like like the like femme fatale voice that i you haven't watched artist memory right there's a character that's like the the cool evil lady in that and she has a cool yeah. evil lady voice karen doesn't have that she just has like a she just has like the voice of like a, a an adult woman who has like a kind of a husky voice but not as like an affectation it's just really singular and of course she's not in anything else like the voice actress has done like zero anime there's like one other show i think um yeah it's a huge bummer to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I'll get to Stardust Memory uh, eventually. My my now that I've like gotten through Shars Counterattack, which was like my big goal before we got to Iron Blooded Orphans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now like I need to at least get uh like G Witch off my plate before I, I pick up another Gundam thing. Oh sure, because I I currently have G Gundam. See Destiny, which I keep forgetting, but I'm looking at my Annie list and remember <laughs> that we're watching that. I, I would chide you, but you've got to do it eventually anyway, because you're going to be on the fucking podcast. Yeah. So I don't have to do anything. You will suffer sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Witcher Mercury, which that one is like the easy one to knock out. Um, and then Turn A. Um, and so especially for like watching stuff subtitled, Turn A is probably going to be my main focus. So. Mm. Um but I'm going to try and pick up some of those other ones. And uh, I would love to hear your reactions to Victory Gundam when you get to it. Yeah. Um, I know that it was like uh, 
when Connor was like halfway through it, it was like his favorite Gundam. Um, and then something happened and he, he can't even really place what, uh, and now he's just like, is down on it. I went the other way. Whereas like, yeah. I was like, this is kind of a mess. It's cashing enormous checks. It will not be able to cash. Um, and then I thought that it has maybe the single best ending of a Gundam show, um, which I think yeah. almost to a T end really poorly. Not everyone. That's not true, but a lot of them end really poorly. Um, Double Zeta ends really well. I'm of two minds about Double Zeta's ending. I, I love the bright punch, obviously. Um, I, yeah. I think Camille and Fa just getting to be free of everything that's happening and about to happen is just good and beautiful. Sometimes people just get to escape. Um, Cousy Buzzkirk got off the fucking ship and was never heard from again. <laughs> it's the most heroic thing that could happen in Gundam is you just fall out of the saga, right? Um, yeah. Um, but I do think that, like, it's so, dif- like, Judo just gives up. And I think he's, I think it's good that he does. I think it's the right thing to do um, in the situation. But then he's still like, he goes to Jupiter with the copyist cop, right? Like the only reason she's not on the Rock Hayum being the new Titans is because she's probably still at Jupiter by the time Shars Counterattack happens. Because it takes years to get there and years to get back. Yeah. Um, he just like in giving up, um, it's not like he... And he like runs as far away as you can run in the solar system from the Earth sphere. Um, you, you, it's still there, right? Like he's still going with her and she's there to secure supplies for the Federation who will continue because they're the people who colonize that area. Um, it just is like. You can't you can't run away from the Empire, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a huge bummer for Jado, who is someone who just wanted a home and ultimately can't get one. Yeah. Um I mean in, in my in my mind, uh Plutu's on that ship too. <laughs> Plutu fell over you, dead. That's why you don't see her again, is that she's just stuck on that ship uh, and yeah. is going with Trudeau. Yeah. You know, she's not gonna be separated from her big bro. Um no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the sloppiness with how uh double zeta ends is um also kind of depressing. Like Haman just being uh empty threat by the end of all this that he's just like perfunctorily goes and like swats down because she must be thwarted because she really just fucked this whole thing up um so far from she keeps it summer all the time on the colony so she can bask on her balcony in the sun um yeah which is just like perfect encapsulation of a type of evil um that is equal to the federation guys eating the fucking turkey on earth when Judo kicks the soup and shit. Yeah. Um, definitely the, the last two episodes are not as strong as the two before them. Mm-hmm. Those two are great. Um, the, all the stuff with like Glemmy and Plateau. Yeah. Um, and, and Judo and all of what's going on there is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, God, call me total what a fucking asshole he is he might be my favorite evil guy in gundam yeah like not in a way where it's like jared where i think jared's like funny to stand glemmy toto sucks i just feel like pure and undiluted hate for that man uh this this is a complete aside but uh i i went over to my web browser uh-huh. uh, and i still have the wikipedia for 
uh, at Gare open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the line, arguably the most famous at Gare was uh, Gunnar Hamansons is described in y'all. It's like, that's like the main one. <laughs> what <laughs> other ones are there? <laughs> you don't have any other examples here. Like, I don't, arguably, who's arguing? <laughs> it's like the primary attestation we have of this, this weapon. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, Glemmy is like uh so shitty, but but in a way that's like interesting and good to to watch to to have as a villain. Yes. Um, Villains in Gundam are often, by the nature of what Gundam is, uh, people who are compromised, making bad choices for reasons that you kind of understand, or doing their best in really broken systems. Glemmy Toto's just a pure asshole. Yeah. He, he sees a local resistance movement and goes, these people need a king and it should be me. There's nothing redeemable about that man. Yeah. He's just a shitty groomer. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Not like Jared. We all love him. Uh, everyone <laughs> loves a fail son that just sucks until he's in power. Um, yeah. Jared would do well in the sagas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, extremely. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I love, I love a guy who fails in that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was good. Uh, I, I'm glad that you got to talk about it. I was almost there. Scheduling didn't work out. Um, but, uh, you know, you had, you had the things to say that anyone needed to say. Yeah. Um, it also would have been fun to have you for Skinnamarink because you would have just been like, it's just a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, which... It's weird because I'm going to do that on repertory screenings, <laughs> but like, I feel bad about it because like Destiny just enjoyed it, but she's also like, it's just a movie. Um, and Jackson would, could not watch that movie in a thousand years. They would fall over dead immediately. So I feel like yeah. I'm going to hold down like a very like boring opinion on Skinnamarink, which is like. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it's very good. I found it incredibly scary because the scariest thing to me is an empty hallway in a house Um, because I've watched many horror movies and the thing that's always I've been primed. I've been conditioned since childhood where the thing that is dreadful to me is not the jump scare. It's the tension build up to the jump scare to where my fear is just transferred over to the tension shot, not the result. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, uh, like when there are long shots of houses and hallways and doorways and corners of rooms, when there's camera pans and empty rooms and shit, that's the stuff that makes me climb up the wall. It's like the scariest thing in the world to me. Um, Whenever, whenever there's a mirror door, like a, like a bathroom mirror in a horror movie that swings open and shut, I'm just about to climb up the walls. I just can't handle it. Too many horror movies. Broken my brain. Um, Uh, it's not even the thing that's going to show up. The thing that shows up makes me jump because I'm I'm an easy jump. That's not that's not the same thing. Um, but that's like the release of tension. It's the it's the yeah the possibility that sucks. Um, but so for me, Skinner Rink was like a culmination of a bunch of because st- when I'm bored sometimes and I'm like I don't have time to watch a movie, I'll just like look up spooky videos on YouTube. Just like watch like short horror and uh, compilations of uh, confirmed ghost videos on YouTube. Just nonsense stuff. But that's where Skinner Rink's pulling from. So I'm like I feel pretty in like i'm not like an expert or anything but i've spent a lot of time watching the kind of stuff that skimmering's coming out of as a, a guy who did this sort of stuff um and so my opinion is very informed by that stuff and that this is a guy that broke out and did good i think the movie really works i think the back 15 ish minutes are bad 
I don't think it like destroys the movie or anything. Um, but the movie ends, and then he's like, "I've got a bunch of more shit. Yeah. Shit, I couldn't, I couldn't fit into the narrative. I just want to show you the long hallway and the the reversing time blood spray, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Okay, like I mean, all these are like fine on their own, but at this point, it just becomes like the creepy pasta short film collection." Um, yeah, and uh, that's fine. It's it's a first movie. I'm always really generous for first movies because I want people to like make mistakes. No one gets like. Uh, Hitchcock made like 30 movies before he made a good one. That's not true. The number's lower than that, but it's like over 10 before he makes a movie that I think is genuinely good. Um, nobody gets this kind of chance anymore. So watching a movie that's like someone's first movie, I'll give it benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways, as long as it's not totally repugnant. And I'm really excited to see what he does next. I really hope he doesn't get millions of dollars or snatched up by Marvel or whatever the fuck happens to directors now where they never get to make a second movie that's good. Um, but um, I liked I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh I I feel like in general like my my opinion on the movie as like a just an object like a f- objective opinion on the film is basically the same as you but I was mm-hmm. unable to like do that same force pulling uh autumn down to like it's just a movie. Yeah. Um <clears throat> because I just cried at it and I was just like everybody else that I know who has watched this movie had the like reaction of being scared by it yeah. and i was just deeply depressed by it yeah which makes sense i mean <laughs> um, you know i'm not here to like yeah. say that that is a, a bad response or a wrong response it's just not my response um and my thing with the reason i'm like a horror person is i watch the movie i'm genuinely scared and the minute it stops i'm like oh that was great <laughs> and then and it just seems like i'm going to bed do you want me to turn the lights off and i was like absolutely not leave them on i'm staying out here in the light for a little while <laughs> But it, like, not in a way where I was like uh, unhappy. Um, just got a little spooked. Sometimes I get a little scared. Um, and yeah. uh, I had a great. I thought it was really fun. I had a great time. But like, I understand your reaction also um, because the movie is about all those things, and like, it's very good about those things. And I think that stuff's really uh, valid. Um, I just did. You know, I, I'm I'm too. I feel like I'm too inside baseball about it when it comes to horror yeah. sometimes um that was definitely how i was about this like up until the the like knife scene Mm -hmm. uh and that's just where like it just came that's when i basically started texting you okay (laughs) uh because i was like i need to talk to somebody about this uh and like autumn hasn't watched it yet that'd be the first person i'd probably go and text um but the part that was the funniest to me is when I, I described to you the one clear memory I have of my childhood home uh-huh. <clears throat> um, where I saw footprints on the ceiling near where the room went into the hallway yeah. and told my family and, and no one believed me or came to check. Uh, and you just said, nope, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate it. I don't yeah. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't think. I think ultimately I don't I don't believe in an afterlife. I really wish there was one. It makes me really depressed. I have a lot of anxiety. I go to, I go to the therapy you know um yeah but i'm just i'm just not certain enough that i'm willing to entertain the idea that maybe ghosts are real um i'm not the person who's like ghosts aren't real and then walk into a haunted house like that's stupid i'm I'm not here to like court things that might not be true um and so when people tell me ghost things i tend to just believe them like you know maybe you're a kid and misremembered i you know i have friends who've told me ghost stories that could be real could be them fucking with me I have other friends who've told me things that could just be fake. Um, like they they misremember could be real. I believe all of them. I don't care. Uh, there's no, there's no, uh, I, there's no cost for me to just like, maybe, you know? Um, yeah. 
even though I don't fundamentally think I believe in ghosts, uh, they, they freak me the fuck out. Haunted. It's more the idea of a haunted place. It freaks me out. I don't know why. Um, than like a ghost yeah. itself. Um, but, um, yeah, no, you told me that. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, I don't like that at all. I, uh, couldn't handle that. I would, uh, if you've got like a, a, a hallway that's too narrow, I'm like, I don't want to even be in your house. Like I can't handle this. Um, <laughs> Footprints on the ceiling, I'm getting out. I'm leaving immediately. I'm just out the nearest window. I don't care if I have to leap through it. Yeah. They they weren't, like, uh, actively being made footprints. It yeah. was just, like, I looked up and I could see. It was, like, somebody had, like, um, you know, like, you know when you, like, walk through dirt and it's kind of just, like, that dusty dirt? Yeah. It was just kind of like that, like, two footprints on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, And, like, not, like entirely complete like you can see all the toes or whatever like you know it was just kind of like oh like the way that you you might see if somebody had like walked through flower and then you get like the two white but it was black on the white ceiling um yeah um but the big thing that stands out to me uh and why i cried at this movie is that uh no one believes me or came to check (laughs) yeah so it's pretty fucked up yeah um, um, no, if I had a kid and my kid was like, there's a thing on the ceiling, I think I would just pick them up and we go get some pancakes instead of checking. I would just leave immediately. <laughs> Time to go to the fucking IHOP. I'm not handling this. No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go check. But also, mm, I live yeah. in a big city. So, yeah, no, you know, no, no. I, uh, you know, the bit in Poltergeist, so they just fucking leave and go to the hotel. That'd be like option one. And that's not option 50. Like in that movie, it's option one. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I went in and there were the footprints on the ceiling, then I'd be like, all right, we're gonna like leave this house for a little bit. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm a coward. I would not go in and check. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, people are going to watch me doing it and be like, don't go in there. And then yeah. I'm going to get got. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take take my kid, go get some pancakes. We'll come back when the sun's up and look for those footprints. Maybe um, definitely <laughs> not right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I I did definitely when we when you get to the uh, 572 days, uh, I, I, a lot of my like attention was then released by that. of just like, Oh yeah, this is just a movie. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't get it. Like whatever. It's just, it's just like yeah. a, the introduction of like backrooms lore to the movie, I think just like pops the bubble immediately and it's fine. The movie's great until that point And it doesn't deflate my experience with it. Um, I'm just like, they had one uh, suburban kitchen's worth of food. So they definitely weren't in the actual house for 527 days or whatever. Um, I we meant to believe the kid was wandering around the, the void for 527 days. Cause that still doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, yeah, he was wounded and probably starving. Um, so it's, it's just a meaningless, like, Oh, can you imagine being there for almost two years? And I'm like, no, we, when it snows over a weekend, my apartment runs out of fucking food yeah um, the the to me the uh like if i would if i was like an editor on this and i you know i got to like push um you know kyle edward ball a little bit yeah. i'd be like how much of this do you really care about because i think we should just go straight from like like where you want to do the 572 days let's just go to the like face in the dark saying like go to sleep yes yes i agree <laughs> 
Um, so, because <clears throat> also, I I thought this movie was really good. Um, I don't think it needs to be a hundred minutes. No, no, no. I think I think, um, I think the like eighty minute version is great. Yeah, I think it's even the ninety minute version. Yeah, yeah. I would give him ninety minutes. Yeah. You know. You get the extra 10 for the really long shots of just, like, a corner of a room. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you for that. You can I, do the um, slow movie horror movie. I will say, um, as much as I, like, dig on the stuff at the end that I don't like, I think the, like, goofy horror sting when things disappear is genius. I think it's so good. Yeah. Um, Because it's just, like, it's just phony enough sounding that it, like... You, you kind of scoff at it like what it just disappears with, with a bong uh really um but then it's still like two small children stuck in a house like it doesn't matter what noise it made the, the reality is still this thing that's scary right yeah um it's and like also when, there there's some like there's one where they like go to where the bathroom or the toilet's supposed to be yes. and it's missing and yes. it's missing and then you see it like pop in with the weird like yeah. and then it like pops back out yes uh and then i'm like oh that's like is that just them uh, thinking about what used to be there? That yeah, they can know. like remember something was there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it just does a weird noise, but yeah. Um, that sounds good. I like it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a great film. Uh, it's weird. Cause like people, I like, I, the reaction has been very strong in both directions. Um, I think it's rude to heap so much discourse on a $15,000 first film like this. Um, yeah no no one expects your no one there's there's i feel like there's like this thing in movie people like movie circles where there's just like a presumptive relevance to like digging into a work um if it's big but like works don't choose to be big the difference between a good work that is big and a work that it falls into obscurity is just luck (laughs) um and so it's really weird and people are like, we're going to, you know, we're going to dig deep into whether this is bullshit or it's brilliant or whatever. And I'm like, it's just a, it's just a movie shot in his own home. There's child at home. How fucked up is that? Yeah. Uh, in not, not next week is where, uh, this weekend we're going to the music box to see sunset Boulevard, which I'm yeah. looking forward to. But, uh, the week after we will do smooth talk. Um, and I'm excited for that. Cause that's like, that's one of the scariest movies I've seen. I don't know um, what smooth talk is. And it's weird to me because I, I, I think there are a lot of people who would not call it a horror movie. Um, I don't think it's like really operating in the horror movie uh, genre directly. There's some stuff that I think is like borrowing from it, but um, I, I find the whole like ending sequence just like the most my skin is crawling, like uh, everything in my brain is firing, like get the fuck out of here, um, just like deeply terrifying to me. Um. Yeah, I've never heard of this movie before. So, uh, should I watch? I, it? I, I like yeah, it? I really enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you'll, I think you would like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll consider it horror, but um, I do think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's kind of in like a similar space of of some David Lynch stuff, although I wouldn't. It is not in any way Lynchian. Okay, that that, um, I don't know if that sells me more or less on it to say that, but uh. yeah, Uh, I think there are like similar themes that it's interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I thought it was exceptional. Uh, also strengthened by the fact that um, Laura Dern is in it, like playing a the the girl she's playing is like younger than her, but she was still forget the let me look she's still like eighteen or like she was a teenager. Um, I think she's supposed to be 15 when in the movie and she's like 18 in real life. But um, the fact that like she is a teenager in this movie, um, I think also strengthens so much of what it's talking about. So um, it's great. Anyway, I partially thought of that because I was thinking about you talking about uh, the amount of discourse put on Skin and um, and also, and none of this is like a, a dig to the people who reacted. I was uh, elated by the amount of reactions we got to to the ornate stairwells about Skinnamarink. Um, and I think Autumn and I both had this thing of like, if we just did like contemporary horror or like contemporary movies, we would get so many more reactions to, yeah, to stairwells. Six um, months later, you would hate everything you do. Yeah. Um, and the... Like, I had that thought, and then I was just dispirited by the fact that, like, I think Smooth Talk is, a, to me, a scarier movie, uh, and it's talking about really interesting things and is exceptional, and it'll probably get less reactions than Skin of a Rink. Yeah. Uh, just because it's yeah. not the hot movie people are talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, this is this is the thing that drove me out of doing movie criticism, because I just couldn't, I couldn't care about press releases for Marvel movies over actually watching good movies from before a, this year right um mm-hmm. and there was just no career for doing that <laughs> so I, I decided to just leave movies and make my own like fake career doing that with video games um, um this is also i mean this is what drove me out of trying to get into video game <laughs> video game journalism as well, yeah, yeah i, I mean I, this is this is why i've never wanted to work in games because i knew this yeah. far i was like i want to do this thing which is talk about the shit i'm interested in and i hope people will come along um and it's worked out mostly through luck <laughs> and, and keep, and keep through adding Gundam. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Gundam and luck. Uh, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, even Gundam was not the immediate success. It was, it was, there was luck, luck involved, right? Yeah. People plugged it, you know, sort of, we, we talk about it at length. Um, but um, I, I couldn't do it. I would, I would fall to pieces. The worst thing that I've done criticism wise since doing abnormal mapping is the when me and jackson everyone agreed to play god of war 2018 um and write about it and it was genuinely one of the worst experiences of my life in the last 10 years um had a terrible time i was like coming off of my dad dying playing this game about a very stupid version of fatherhood um dredged up a lot of bad feelings also it's just like a vision of what playing video games is playing video games and critiquing them is to people which is like yeah eat the slop in front of us this week try to be smart about it have the same conversation people have been having for 15 years that just recycles every six months and then move on to the next thing and i was like i i couldn't do it i couldn't do it i would there's no way in my life that i could do this as my career um yeah and i don't i thankfully i don't have to I have a day job and you know the podcast is a nice second job it's not a career i can't retire off the podcast i can't even live off the podcast but it's fine at least i enjoy it right that's the difference is uh despite being tired and despite grumbling about it i enjoy coming here talking to you about icelandic sagas we probably have like 20 listeners um i love all of you for listening right i hope we get more the thing with like when i did three kingdoms is we had very few listeners but people kept coming through 
people would like pick it up hear about it like it's it's still it's weirdly evergreen so i i believe that in like three years we're gonna have people who listen to this then uh for the first time and i hope that those people hear this and understand that i appreciate um when you're willing to listen to us care about shit nobody cares about because there's no hot yeah. topics in icelandic sagas <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's how i feel about rope choice screenings and stairwells and everything else we do too like that's the thing is like we're all doomed to be really interested in stuff that is not the hot button issues and i think that's beautiful and allows for a lot of genuine thought to be done but it doesn't get you paid <laughs> or listen yeah. to even really um <laughs> So yeah, I feel like uh, this is the thing I I came to my own decision and then I had this moment where uh, so if people listen to the the uh, New Year special, the VoIP life. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my resolutions is to like look into can I even I, am I actually able to like buy a home because I, yeah. I have a more stable job now where like yeah. that's a potential possibility. Um, and I was thinking about that and my brain was having its normal reaction, which is just getting scared thinking about like the amount of money um, that all of this involves. Uh, it's just terrifying to me as some of you grew up extremely poor. Yeah. Um, and so it did uh, a defense thing that it sometimes does, which is that it switches to thinking about like long periods of time. Um, and often what this means is it will switch to me thinking about what retirement would look like. Cause this is a, another thing that I didn't know if I would ever be able to like reach, but now is maybe a possibility. Maybe someday I will be able to retire. <laughs> I literally started saving for my retirement when I got this job. I had not had a job and a podcast combination that paid well enough where I could put money away. Um, yeah. as before this. <laughs> Um, and it's not, it's, I mean, you know, it's in my mid thirties, like I'll, I might be okay, but it's not going to be great. Um, but also I genuinely don't expect to ever get to retire. Um, I just don't see it. Like I take care of my brother. He's on disability. Uh, that, that, that money, the money I bring in, like helps, you know, there's a household involved. It's not just me, right? If it was just me, it'd be different. I just, I think I'm going to work until I'm dead. I think that's just true. Yeah. I think that's true of most people in our generation. Um, um, but yeah, this time my, my brain, uh, switched over to thinking about, uh, like my child's progression and like when they leave the house and, and go to, to college. Um, and at first I podcast with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and at first I was like, uh, oh God, like paying for college. And then I, I remembered that my work has like a, uh, um, tuition sort of like reimbursement thing for kids, mm-hmm. um, of employees. And it was like, oh, that'll be good. Um, and you know, I was looking into to that stuff. Um, somehow I've like lost the plot on why I was even getting here. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about, I think you were talking about, well, we were talking about New Year's resolutions. We were talking about podcasts nobody listens to. Um, oh, yeah. So this is how I got there, which is when I was thinking about it, I was like, uh, this is the thing that I came to the decision to myself, but then I was thinking about talking to my child when they are older about like selecting a school and like what to go into for like a major and stuff. Um, and I was like, the biggest lesson that I, I learned way too late is, um, if you really like doing art, that is fantastic. Uh, you should find a, a career where you're going to like have a stable income and it's not going to be working you to death. Yes. And then make art on the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
just as somebody who who went in trying to do the art thing, uh, getting just a stable job and being like, I I have evenings to do things. Um, and I, if you find a job that doesn't just absolutely exhaust you every day, um, yeah, that's like so much, I, I wish more people had taken me aside and just been like, you know, don't give up on like your, the things that you're passionate about, but also don't make them your work. <laughs> yes. I, um, I wanted to be a writer and then I went to college for like an English, English lit degree with no idea of what I was. It was just like, that's the thing I'm interested in. Um, I'll keep pursuing it. Um, but no, I didn't want to be a teacher, right? Like that's, what do you do with an English lit degree? Yeah. Like you fucking teach or you, you get a post postgraduate degree to, in something else is the only two paths open to you. Um, I really wish I had just been like, I'm going to learn a trade in anything, uh, pre- preferably something not super dangerous, but like if I just had a trade, um, then I wouldn't be working in an office all day, which I just, it's like, fine. It's like, I get to listen to podcasts and tend to the discord and read books and watch YouTube all day and get paid for it while I babysit spreadsheets. But like, it's really boring. I wish I wish I was like yeah. doing anything else. Um, <laughs> but at this point I'm so invent like I could go back to school, but like I couldn't do a, I couldn't do the podcast, go back to school. I like my life doesn't. Yeah, I'm already full. Right. <laughs> like I'd have to give up something that I'm doing already to add anything else. I can't even add another podcast in my life. Um, like I'm trying to fit in like working out and cooking dinner more regularly. That's where we're at. I can't go to school. I can't change the course of things not giving a lot of stuff up. And I, I like what I like what I do. So it's it like yeah. in the podcast way. My day job I could take a leave. I like the job I'm at now, but like I'm not fulfilled by the work I do. You know what I mean? I don't even know what that looks like. I've never met I've never worked a job where that was even on the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I um I've had it worse. Uh I the actual thing I wish is that I that I had the space to not be pressured to go to school and figure it out and then spend any like money that I, I mean, I was poor. I didn't have any money to go to school, but like if I had taken my loans out when I was 22 going to school, instead of at 18 going to school and had a little more idea of what I wanted and didn't want to have life. I'd worked for years. I think I would have been happier and had more direction. Um, yeah. Uh, um, under the bridge now. I, mean, I don't even, I don't even write books anymore. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like three persons ago. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to write books. And then I didn't like writing books. And I was like, oh, I'm going to become a movie critic. And I got real close. Then I was like, I can't do this in my life. I'd rather die. Um, and I gave that up. And then I was like, I'm just going to make a fake idle thumbs. And here we are 10 years later, right? Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm not trying to like, I'm not here. I don't podcast. You can't even do it in podcast. But I'm not here like trying to turn. I'm not trying to pitch corporate podcasts, right? I'm not trying to get bought out and get like a salary supper. We joke yeah. that we'd love it if someone just swooped in and gave us a bunch of money. I'd take it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but um, it's nice to pick your own schedule, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we did get bought out, then we could uh, get Jackson to move to Chicago and just like really set up the headquarters. <laughs> I was joking to Jackson that if we, if there was a normal mapping uh, export audio headquarters, that you and me would have like a fake campfire um in like the, the <laughs> space we had where we'd sit on like like wooden chairs and record around the fire or whatever literally every time like we're like in the art um but abnormal map like all the abnormal mapping podcasts would be us in separate rooms still on voip like still recording over discord <laughs> separate files because it's so fundamental to what the communication style of like me and jackson's podcasts are to me that 
we would do that and then leave the rooms and hang out. <laughs> to, yeah. like, it'd have to be that way. I think you and me would be great pouring over like a book and talking like we're doing here. And like, there's, there's like a fake fire or a real fire going, depending how we want the acoustics to work, whatever. But like, Oh Gundam, man, get a fireplace installed. That'd be great. Yeah. Gundam GGP has to be recorded by individuals locked in their bedrooms, podcasting through time and space. I think it's like fundamental to the understanding of what it is to like do that kind of show is that ultimately we're all alone in the middle of nowhere, reaching out to others <laughs> over long distances. <laughs> um, and like ridiculous, right? But I do actually believe it is the thing. <laughs> Me yeah. and Autumn doing Gotham would literally be us cooking dinner. Like what, like uh, going over to Autumn's is Autumn cooks dinner and we do Batman while like something's on the stove. Cause it takes 15 minutes to do Batman. It'd be great. It'd be the best <laughs> podcast in the world. It would not get longer. It would not get better. That is just me and Autumn checking in. Hey, how's it going this week? You want to talk about Batman? It was kind of good. There's some things that sucked. We laugh. We move on. It's great. Sometimes it's, I don't have any other low effort podcasts. Podcasts are not low effort. Uh, it's really nice to have that one be like a thing that we just kind of shit out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's genuine and I don't do that on anything else. Like here I, we yeah. come in and I try to be real, but like it's high effort because we're reading a book and I got to think about the book. There's a lot of time involved in that. And then I want to have a good discussion. So we've been doing these mini VoIPs after the podcast. And also it's, we start at eight 30, which is I do my podcast at 11 in the morning. Like I'm, I'm always tired. Um, and so there's a lot of like effort to get the energy up and perform the thing. It's nice to have something that you can just fucking punt. It sucks sometimes. Like Gotham City Limits is a mid podcast. I love it dearly for that. It, we <laughs> built it that way because we tried. We tried with Aeroplane, and all we got was like slapped in the face twenty times. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's that's Puton for me. Puton that's my... feels so high effort, though. You don't like. I listen to Puton, and I'm like, this feels high effort. And I, even though I believe you that it's not, it feels yeah. like a bit that has like too much involved and you've told me you're you don't like communicate what you're going to do you just kind of go in and record the thing um which i guess is like this is the difference between making shows and like listening to shows is you never know um yeah if you told me Puton was entirely scripted like you're not like everything you say is written out but like you had a whole outline every time and this is the this is the joke where we outro i'd believe you because that's what it comes across as it feels very yeah. like on the beats <laughs> and an idea an encapsulated idea of like a stupid thing to do every week uh, sometimes more than others, but usually it's pretty good about this is a really stupid thing. And the outro comes right at the wrong time where I'm like, oh, I wish I had like three more minutes. <laughs> um, Really, the, the genesis of Bhutan is like Bhutan's the closest to when Connor and I uh, used to work in the same office. Mm. Um, and like I worked really long hours. I, I would come in uh, pretty early in the morning um and like it was usually like i would say like eight to eight most days yeah. was probably when i was working um but the last like hour or so uh like i didn't have like a kid to get home to or anything i mean at a emily i had emily to get home to but I, for a lot of that too she was like working evening stuff too yeah. um so it wasn't like in a rush to get home um, and so I'd go over to Connor's desk and we would just talk for, you know, a half hour, an hour about whatever random shit. Um, and I feel like we just built like a weird joking cadence, um, that 
honestly, like, it's a little bit more performance on Bhutan, but it's not too dissimilar. Uh, and part of that was, like, part of why I was hanging around as well is I might be done with, like, the work I have to do, but there were still writers who came in at, like, noon or two or something because you could basically set your own hours um and those people would contact me all the fucking time i would go home i'd be laying in bed and i get texts from people being like oh i have this problem with this you know petition i'm writing or whatever and i have to deal with it um so part of it was just like well i know that i'm still probably gonna get questions i'm just gonna hang around here and bullshit with connor um that's that's fully the the genesis of Bhutan. um but yeah it's like usually like uh there, there's like a period after we've had dinner and I might do some dishes or something uh, before it's like my child's bedtime. And I will just like read the six page chapter of Cromartie High School. And then at 830, uh, you know, Connor and I both get on Discord uh, and we just set a timer and we, we just talk. Uh, and then the timer goes off and it's it's done. Uh, and then I edit it right away. Um, do the the episode art and everything. Um, yeah. it is done. It's at the door. the The timer is really funny to me, specifically because, um, I would consider you to have a measured cadence. Um, when you are doing a podcast, I would consider Connor to speak slowly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, like I, I've been listening to the um the Kino's Journey Divey season, right? And literally, I'm like did i turn it like i was listening i'm like is this not at two times speed is like and it's just no it's just connor talking that's just how it is yeah Um, (laughs) he's like he he considers his words uh really really like intensely i think yeah Uh, he's very particular with i'm like trying not to trip down the stairs that's how i talk uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) just generally um and so the idea that the two of you are doing a podcast with a hard out uh is just goofy to me in a way that i appreciate (laughs) um but listen listening to divey because like this is the first season of divey i've really listened to at length um i listened to a bit of the standalone complex one but that was like your first season nothing you say early yeah, in the first year of podcasting just counts you know yeah uh, uh <laughs> connor definitely is picking it up for divey like aware that there's a time limit and like going a little faster in a way that um there was a bit in the in the kino's journey where connor just gave a big speech about like kino finding a like what it is to have a home and the idea of that a place could be good that there could even be a good town or whatever is at the final episode is really good big long speech but it's like thoughtful and like had pauses and stops and was considered and i was like not me could never podcast like that you kidding me just gotta (laughs) shoot that shit out as fast as possible (laughs) yeah um connor is also i mean i think he's still he's extremely considered with how Mm. he speaks on podcasts yes um, but definitely like the first few seasons I had to, uh, I mean, I edited both of our, our, uh, audio a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes over edited, but, uh, I mean, there are parts where, and like early on, I was like, Connor, I just want you to like be comfortable about talking in a mic. Cause this is like the first time you've done this. Yeah. Um, and so if you need to like stop and think for like, 10 seconds just do it and i will cut it out uh and it made editing a a nightmare um but there was a certain point where i was like connor's just you know has gotten a little bit better at talking to a mic and and, Mm -hmm. uh speeding things up um where i just don't edit that stuff at all anymore um 
it is it yeah. has taken me year almost a decade to get to the point where sometimes i will just go i need a second i'm just gonna think about this before i say a thing let me put my thoughts together um and let it sit <laughs> i don't even do it that often because honestly i just like running on at the mouth uh just natural habit um yeah but like, uh, you know, this isn't radio. We can we can fucking sit here in silence for five minutes. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I my brain does. My brain still thinks it's radio. I had to yeah. I had to try and tame that a little bit with Connor. It's I, you know, I've gotten better about it. Um, yeah, there was definitely I, uh, stuff in our in our early seasons where I talked over Connor constantly because I was just in such radio mode where I was like, oh, dead air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. It's funny because Autumn is like me and Jackson just talk, 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 talk. So, um, like, I've talked to Autumn enough and I've talked to you enough that I know stairwells is pretty much just how it came out. <laughs> it's not a lot of work happening yeah. on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's just funny to see the difference. Uh, yeah. Uh, stairwells is extremely both of us at times just like kind of talking over each other, but it works because yes. we're in the same room. Yeah, I would never. Um, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I do, when I do group pods with like the Blakes in general, um, actually, when you two were on VoIP, it was not a problem. But when I do pods with the Blakes as a unit, it's a disaster. You just can't. You just can't talk to both of them at the same time. <laughs> they'll just they'll just be in their own world having conversation. Like we were talking I, here. There's a third person here. Well, my God. <laughs> um that's what it is to be married i guess yeah i think also podcasting is just so like central to like the entire structure of their marriage yes um like it's how they started dating so Mm. um yeah that's just like when when the mic is in front of them uh i think it's reached a point where sometimes autumn will talk about like talking to Nora, not on a podcast, but then say like we were basically just podcasting without a mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, that's me and Jackson do it all the time. Um, yeah, whenever there's a VoIP life that kind of nothing happens and we're just going on about some stupid shit, and there's like a list, that's literally what me and Jackson do when we hang out all the time. Uh, normally, we're you know it's more like Jackson, tell me what stupid thing happened on Gaff today. We don't put that on VoIP because it's not interesting. Um, but um, that's just what it is. Just hang out. I the reality is like the thing we're doing now right here is basically what hanging out with me would be like all the time. It's exhausting. No one should do it. I don't even like doing it with other people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I love to talk about myself and people's histories and podcasting like an idiot. Um, how it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. No, that's I mean, right. we can keep going. But it, we're know. getting an hour and 40. We're in an hour. Oh, okay. I got to put this out. <laughs> we talked for like 40 minutes about the actual saga. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. I mean, we I got to put in spoilers for Double Zeta and um, <laughs> and Char's Counterattack and Skinamarink. I think that's it. I think that's the only thing yeah. you actually spoiled. Do you want to spoil anything else before we leave? Um, hmm. I'm really thinking about this. It would be like a good thing to spoil. I'm like on the spot. I I can't. No, it's fine. You and I, it was a weird question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite podcast you ever done? Like one episode. Um. Ooh, this is kind of hard. 
because I feel like there are a number of Star Wars episodes that could be in the running. Um, I know for for uh, favorite though, yeah. So like, part of me really likes the end of Evangelion episode that Connor and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also like the most emotionally taxing. That season was emotionally taxing for both of us. And that uh, episode, while it was the final release of all of the tension, Mm -hmm. uh, was also just emotionally, like, rough to do. Um, I think it was a a really good conversation. I enjoyed that episode a lot. But um, now I'm just going to, like, pull up the list of uh, Stairwells episodes because I realized that. Sterols has been going for a while. I, yeah. I was uploading it you're, the other day. Every week. You do every week. It's like exhaust. I just had to stop caring about keeping up because there was a bit when I started listening. I was like, oh, I'm going to catch up to your backlog. And I was like, I can't even keep up, much less get through the backlog. I'm just not going to do that. Um, yeah. I just listen to the episodes. And, and every once in a while, there'll be a movie where I'm like, I haven't seen that. And I've got to before I watch the episode. But not that often. Yeah. I feel like it's become increasingly like, um, you know, you just people just listen to it and know that they're not going to watch everything because we just talk yeah. about so much stuff now. Well, also, um, literally seventy percent of most episodes is not about the movie the podcast yeah. episode is about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it functions for many people as a a show about. Um, you edit stairwells, right? Yeah. Was the silence in the last episode actually four minutes and thirty three seconds long? Uh, it was almost, but I okay. I did adjust it. Okay. Uh, there was also one part where you could like hear weird sounds in the distance. Yes. Um, that's fine. And I that's cut incidental. That so, oh, you cut it out. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's in keeping to leave incidental noises into a 433 performance. Um, I mean, I guess so. It, it was like, it was loud. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I mean, the, the Skinnerick episode we did was pretty fun. It's really good. Um, it's a really good episode. I just, you know, there are many good episodes, but what your favorite is, is like, it's always kind of weird, right? Like, eh, maybe it's something you know one to think about. Yeah. Um, I do know that, I'm just, especially like to record is what I'm trying to think about here. And yeah. not just like that I've released. Yeah. Um, the Dead or Alive one was really fun. It's nice to have you on. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel bad because I, I, I just kind of blame you. my way onto your podcast sometimes. I'm like, oh, let me on for that. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> um. Oh, I think I actually know the answer for the most fun to record. It okay. comes through on the episode, too. Um, is the question bucket for Camardi High School. Um, yeah, fair enough. Which, uh, so the, the question bucket for Cromartie High School, um, Autumn basically crashed like partway through, uh, you know, w- w- was like slightly invited to, to join, but, uh, definitely just crashed. Like, like we recorded for an hour and then Autumn joined the call. Yeah. Um, and the part that was the most fun is, um, 
Connor and Autumn had never spoken to each other before that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Autumn joins the call and just immediately, like, both of them are talking at length about Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, mm. where I'm like, I'm just like not even a part of the conversation for a bit. Um, yeah. and I was like, this is delightful. <laughs> Autumn's really good at this exact thing. Um. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's just a lot of goofing off on that episode. Yeah. Uh, Autumn's also trying in the episode to roll a joint, uh, which is very, <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know if they ever fully figured out how to to roll a joint. When they moved here, I showed them. I still remember from when I was a a punk kid. Um, but I've never. I don't really smoke weed that much, but I've never smoked a joint in my life. It's always been like pipes or bongs or edibles. I wonder if I'd like it more because I like smoking. <laughs> yeah, more than I like. Uh, man, I fucking hate pipes. They're so uncomfortable. Um. um. When I was, uh, you know, smoking weed as a, a punk kid, I I would mostly roll. It it would be joints, but specifically spliffs. Um, what is, I don't which know is, what a spliff is versus so a spliff. It's it's uh, splitting the difference is where spliff comes from. I okay. think. Uh, and so I I got like the the loose um like roll your own tobacco uh-huh. and then also marijuana and I did a mix of it so it'd oh, be okay. like half and half. Oh, that sounds um, good. I love tobacco. Love it. Yeah, uh, that was the main thing, and that's how I I hand rolled a lot because, um, you know, if you're especially if you're doing the two. I mean, I guess yeah. you could do it in like a pipe or something, but yeah, um, yeah. I also just enjoyed having the like this this cigarette, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing is I uh, had cigars the other week, and I was because I every other week, not every week, because it's a little expensive and it's bad for your health. I go to a cigar place nearby, and on Sunday afternoon after Gundam. And I have two cigars and I read the saga for the, cause I read on Sunday for the saga. So it's, I'm usually at a cigar yeah. place smoking cigars and reading sagas and it's great. It's become my tradition. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, but, uh, can't, I can't get in the habit. I, you know, I've never actually gotten in the habit. Um, I just recreational smoke sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm sure different, uh, you know, different places have different, terminology but there is also blunts which Uh is you might enjoy because it is a a, like mix you do it with a cigar instead of a cigarette okay um yeah and you it's usually involves like a a process to like cut it open and then do the mixing and then re-rolling it Mm -hmm. um but the part that i always found frustrating about it is that like generally you're not like inhaling in your lungs with a a cigar in the same way that you do with a cigarette cigar it will make you yeah like definitely your tolerance but it's it's it mostly makes people sick if you do that (laughs) yeah but like for for you know weed Weed, you you want to inhale that into your lungs and so it's like what what am i doing here (laughs) yeah yeah it's a little like cross purposes yeah yeah um, I, I do it sometimes with Swisher Sweets. Oh uh, my god! Fucking nasty <laughs> ass! Oh, I hate this. I smoked too many of those in my early twenties. No, 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 no. I mean, I was in my teens, so oh, they're so they're so bad. <laughs> they are. Um, um, I'm just not a weed person. I'm, might not surprise you to know that the last thing I want to do with my free time is like <laughs> bury it in a hole where like all time dilates and I can't get anything done. <laughs> yeah worst thing in the world to me this is why um we always joke that like 
uh can't ever do coke because i would literally i once joked to austin i'm like you know i i I'll, yeah I, I do cigars but i couldn't do coke and i was like you'd be you'd, you'd be dead in three weeks <laughs> yeah no that really is yeah um uh i guess we're done here we're talking about drugs yeah. <laughs> uh what are we reading next time oh right, we never shit. said that uh, you never fucking okay. said that. So next week we're off. Um, cause I'm going to yeah. need a fucking week to decompress from the week I'm having right now. Um, and I have to get my mapping out and shit like that. Uh, but when we return, we will be reading Nyal saga 46 to 66. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll see what happens with February. It might just be a, uh, two, you know, two episodes and then we take another break. We'll see. Yep. Um, in between that, uh, I guess we'll go into plugs here. Uh, if you would like to hear, uh, Neve and Autumn, uh, on a podcast that I am going to be on, you can listen to blockbusters at patreon.com such normal mapping for $5. Uh, we'll be joined by Jackson and destiny to watch Titanic that, that records next weekend. Um, is Molly's on that? Oh yes. Molly's on that. Yeah. Not destiny. I think I said destiny. Molly's on that. This is not a crossover in that way. This is getting Molly on. Um, yeah. That'll be good. Um, uh, I'm very tired. Was, it's, it's, it's 1030. I'm tired. I'm flagging now. Uh, I was just today losing my mind trying to find a copy of it that wasn't the open map. I don't want to watch the open map. I want to watch the original theatrical aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a crazy film person thing to care about. But I have, you know, I'm Wait, trying is- to find... Hmm, I have to, I wonder what version I got. Um, if you got the one from like QXR, I think. Uh-huh. That's open map. Um so cuz it was originally shot <clears throat> uh on 16:9 but for theatrical that was uh matted to to you know be the wider screen view. Um, but then the open mat was used for the home TV. So you get the tops and bottoms there for like a VHS release usually. Um, and then it was also used later for like the 3d releases. Oh my, yeah. The one, the file I have is in the widest of widescreen. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, that's what I want. So oh, I can just, I can give you the one I downloaded from. Okay. I don't think yeah. it's of like the highest of quality, but I'm sure it's fine. It's a Blu-ray rip. Okay. Yeah, if it's the regular, but like uh, one of the the big ones that uh, I know people like to go to for like rips of things, uh, they did the open mat from the the 3D DV or like Blu-ray release, and I'm like, I don't want this. Uh this is the this is the one I'm using. Okay. Oh. Um. So yeah, I will be on for that. Yeah, it, I haven't watched Titanic uh, in 15, 20 years, so that'll be good. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm also on Twitter at EM underscore being. Uh, you know where all my podcasts are. Listen to Reptory Screenings. We're about to do an episode on uh, Man for All Seasons, which I think is just exceptional. I'm like, man, what if I became a play person? What if I just got really into plays? That's how, like, b- beside myself I am with how fucking good that movie is. Um yeah just really speaks to my interests i'm also going to be this is not even for um i'm going to be on a journal updated that'll come out next week about pentiment a a video game about uh 15th century monks and intrigue that's really good um people should play that and listen to our episode 
Yeah. Uh, it sounds vaguely related to Saga stuff, kind of. Yeah, there's like vibes of like big intermingled families over time that reminds me a lot of Saga stuff. Um, also, just like people's weird relationships to like re- religion back in the day. Um, it's yeah. good. It's really good. Um, so look forward to that. Um, well, people can find me at Fox Omnia on uh, Twitter and supposedly also co-host, but I fell off it hard and haven't managed yeah, to get too. back on. Me too. Um, I'll still try to do the plug for, I don't remember if I did the plug for last episode. I had fun writing this and doing the little like formatting. Um, anyway, uh, what else? Oh, before I get back next time, uh, there will be the intro to, uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans on Ghost Divers. So that's, that's starting. Yeah. It's just an anime. Yeah. Sounds You'll dumb. watch it someday, I'm sure. Yeah, unfortunately, I will. That's not, when I IBO just ended when we started GGP. So to me, it's mm-hmm. like that's modern. That's modern Gundam. It's five years old now, right? Like, um, but like, raise your flag is like the sound of the end of GGP to me. Even though that will not be true when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's. Especially the last four episodes of Gundam that I watched before watching the first two of IBO today were Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, I was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, at least I get to also watch this while I have to watch all of Seed Destiny. Um, I really like IBO, which I hope means I will like it. But at that point, I'll be so addled in Gundam. Who knows how I'll feel about anything? I would love yeah. to just hate one that's beloved by the people in our discord which is once like just one where like everyone's like no this one's really good and i come in and be like what is this fucking bullshit it hasn't happened yet everyone's been kind of at a consensus there's outliers right there's people who like destiny and g gundam and, yeah um, but um not nothing like oh we all really like uh i guess oh wait, the mess teams are close to get but every, a lot of people still agree with my take on that and honestly my takes mellowed a lot since then um I would love just fucking hate IBO, even though everyone else loves it. Just just for the laughs of having that happen. I'm not going to, like, fake it. I would never. But um, it'd be really funny if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the the big thing with IBO, and I'm going to say this, and it, it will it'll tell you enough to, to have some vibe on what IBO is going to be like, uh, is that it's the same, um, like, I forget what the, the actual... Uh, Serious composition, I think, is the the title. It's the same person who did serious composition for um, Black Butler, uh, Okada Mari. Oh yeah, yeah, I've not read, I've not watched any Black Butler anime because I got way into the manga. Um, yeah, but um, have I really watched much? I don't think I've really watched any Okada because of the stupid thing we do here with uh, GGP. I don't think I've seen any Okada anime. I've watched like Arya. She worked on Arya, but that's not hers, really. Yeah, she's she serious did composition screenplay Black... stuff for Fate Stay Night. I, I I watched Black Rock Shooter. She did serious composition for Black Rock Shooter. Black Rock Shooter's not that good, but that's probably not her fault. Um, <laughs> I know Jackson's a big fan of Wandering Sun. I haven't watched that. Yeah, yeah, Black Butler. I read, and then I was like, I don't really need to re-watch the anime of that. Um, I love Black Butler. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, (laughs) 
Anyway, uh, we're w- way off. <laughs> yeah. crap. Uh, we're done. We're done. We're not going to be here next week. Listen to Ghost Divers. Uh, listen to uh, Ordi Stairwells. Listen to Pondering Bhutan. Yeah, absolutely. Export on IO. Give us money. On export on Just those three. Yeah, listen to the other ones too. Give us money. Yeah, no, I mean, people should give you money. Big uh, $5 to export. That is your fee for good podcasts. Yeah. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. We're, we're out of the podcast. We gotta, it's two hours now. Now we're out of the podcast. Watch.